Welcome to Books of Titans, the podcast dedicated to the influences of influencers. The books that have helped shape prominent inventors, business leaders, athletes, intellectuals, scientists, and others. We'll talk about what makes these books such classics and at least attempt to have an intelligent discussion about what makes them so important and influential. start that over. Welcome to the Books of Titans podcast. We have a special episode for you today. We're going to cover our favorites and uh, discuss the project so far. The initial projects was to to read 52 books in 2017, and we have made it through 52 podcast episodes. So we've covered 52 books, and uh, just want to kind of take a step back, talk about our favorites uh, some takeaways, some key lessons that we saw across a lot of those books. What we're doing, moving on. Uh, what what the podcast forward, will look not like on. going forward. We're not, we're not we're not we're not quitting. We're not quitting. We're not moving on. We're moving forward. <laughs> we're moving. We're, we're we're going places. Ever forward. Ever forward. And then, uh, uh, if we have some time left, we'll we'll hit some other takeaways, maybe more on a personal front uh, of, of things we've taken away from from this project so far. So let's go ahead and get started then. Jason, you want to you wanna start off your five going from number five to number one, and we can just switch off back and forth? Yeah. And just to make this clear for everybody who's listening, um, we're actually working from two different lists here uh, because Eric decided to do uh, to do this episode based on the 2017 list. You know, we're that's a uh, a little ways ago uh, in terms of when he actually finished all those books, but from his 2017 list. And I'm doing it based on the first 52 episodes of the podcast itself. So I'm not including anything that we haven't podcasted on. And uh, I'm including some of the 2018 books in my list. So we're going to have a slightly different uh, different uh, list that we're working from here. In any case, uh, I'm also going to cheat, as is my way, and put a sixth book on there because I couldn't make a decision on number five. So there's a tie for five. Uh, I'll go ahead and start with uh, 5A, I guess, or 5B, whichever you prefer, uh, with Homo Deus by Yuval Noah Harari. This was definitely uh, one of of my favorite reads so far. Uh, Definitely a challenging book, uh, a book that... um, you know, is going to force the reader to think a lot about it. I also think it's one of our better episodes, though maybe a little over length. Uh, but that, there was so much to talk about in that book, and there were so many things of real interest in that book uh, that I, I've found it valuable to continue to think about since reading it. It's it's one of the books that I've gone back to. I've revisited the most since reading it. Uh, and, and it's not because I agree with everything in the book, but because it forces you to think through some things. So really, really enjoyed that book uh, quite a bit in terms of uh, perhaps the main lesson from that book. It has to do with uh, considering the cost of our hidden uh, philosophical commitments that we may not even think we have uh, culturally and otherwise and considering what what uh, may be coming down the pike in terms of technology and otherwise and how that may change our societies in ways that we may or may not like, but we need to really consider it. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that was a really good one. My, uh, my number five book is Start With Why by Simon Sinek. And the, the reason this one was so high up for me is it, it helped me shape my thinking of, 
of my own work in my own business and what I pursue. But then it also really helped me in my meetings with clients. I, I use this book all the time when I when I meet with my clients. And the basic premise is instead of starting with what you do when you talk to people, start with why you do it. And then he gives a lot of examples of the companies that do that and, and how that makes them successful. And then you as a as a consumer of that product or service, you're gonna identify with a company based on their why and not necessarily their what. So uh, I, I think just huge ramifications for for the ways company do companies do business, how they think about what they do, and how they how they talk about what they do. And then for me as a website developer, I've I've walked a lot of my clients through. Okay, this is the content that we want to have on this page because this is the why. This is your why, and this is what we should put on the about page. And and just kind of re rethinking my whole way of putting together websites from that from that one book. Yeah, yeah, and that one actually was one that I that was that was that would have been probably in my somewhere between seven and ten area. I I, I also really like that book quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so I guess it's my turn for number five A or B, whichever one you prefer. That one B, <laughs> uh, and that is the effective executive. Oh yeah. So uh, really, really got a lot out of uh, Peter Drucker's book, uh, a book that uh, that really emphasizes the practices that you have to that you have to put in play in order to be not just efficient but effective. Uh, a lot of times we focus on efficiencies uh, and and trying to do the things that we're doing uh, m- with you know min- minimum effort, maximum result or maximum maximum results per effort uh, and all of that. But the thing that Drucker really forces you to do in this book is to rethink, not just how you're doing things in terms of the, of the efficiency level, but what you're doing. And, and this is really related actually to the start with why book in that regard, in that Drucker forces you to have, he wants you to, to reconsider, like if you're focusing, if you're trying to get to this point, why are you doing all these things instead of these things? If reevaluate uh, where your priorities are in order to get, uh, in order to get the best uh, results that, that you're, that you're wanting to be effective uh, in getting to the purpose that you've outlined. So, you know, those, those books actually pair really well together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my number four, and I've, I've already for, forgotten the pronunciation, but is it Heraclitian fire? Heraclitian fire. Is that right? Yep. Heraclitian fire, or you can okay. go Heraclitian fire if you really want to go closer to the Greek, but uh, Heraclitian is almost certainly how you, you know, he's envisioning you uh, pronounce that in English. And this one was by Erwin Chargoff, Chargaff, uh, and, and it was suggested by Eric Weinstein. It, it was one of the least known books in terms of uh, looking at Goodreads or Amazon. I mean, just very few people have have, uh, have given it a review. Uh, so it, it seems like Eric Weinstein saw this and, and loved it and, and suggested it, and, and uh, we picked it up for our list. And it I, I loved it. And I wasn't expecting it uh, to be in my top top five, but it was just a pleasurable book to read. He was from Austria, and so he had a lot of, in, but he taught in the states, uh, and, and so he just had a lot of unique, insightful things to say about the states, and then especially insightful things to say about the academy and the sciences and the way things were going with the sciences and 
I just found it to be a delightful book and one that I really enjoyed. Yeah. Now, and actually another one that was very similar to that one uh, is, of course, uh, one that's better known that, uh, you, you know, surely you must be joking, Mr. Fine or Mr. Feynman. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, I, I agree. I think uh, Heraclitean Fire is, a, is an excellent book and worth the read and, and should be uh, white, more widely read than than uh, it's uh, it often is. Um, well, and, ju- and just for any anyone who does want to read it, uh, the hardback can can get a little pricey, but I did find a website, and it's a, a university website that offers the ebook version for free. So you can you just do a search for that, and uh, or, or just I think check we have the it in show, our show notes. notes. Yeah, it's in yeah. the show notes. Yep, yeah, and it'll be in the show notes of this episode now. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, my um, my uh, number four is the artist's way. Mm. by Julia Cameron. I thought that yeah. was a very valuable book uh, as a creative, as someone who uh, does a lot of writing. And in addition to podcasting, I'm also uh, you know, working on finishing uh, a couple book projects and I've done my, my share of, um, of, uh, uh, of you know, articles and such. You know, I, I have uh, a lot of creative projects. This is a book that I need to revisit and, and it's probably worth me taking a look at this book uh, once every couple of years or so uh, because it really talks about the kind of things that you, the kind of practices, again, the, 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 the effective executive is about learning to filter out the non-essentials in order to get to the things that you want, that, that you actually value to be effective. Well, this is, that for creatives it's how to do that and it's it's thoughts on that in thinking about um how to you know unblock yourself in terms of the creative process and how to uh uh to put yourself in the best possible position to uh to have to have the kind of creative flow that you want as a as a uh as a producer of creative content. And, and to me, it, 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 it's a really worthwhile book. It's something that um, I'll, I'll revisit probably in 2019 uh, and, and remind myself of many of these, uh, of these ideas because, and, and also there's kind of a quasi spiritual component of it that, that really resonated with me in a number of ways uh, as a creator, because again, there's this notion of uh, letting creativity flow through you rather than trying to generate it, but putting yourself in, in positions to actually receive that kind of flow. And and, and that really resonated with me. And, and I found this to be a, a very valuable book. I like how you connected it to the effective executive too. I hadn't thought about it that way. That's, that's pretty cool. And it's also connected to a book that I'm putting on my 2019 list, which is actually essentialism. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So yep. anyway. All right. Well, this is uh, the only book, of my top five here that we haven't podcasted on yet. So, uh, just, just one that, um, that you won't find an episode for. And this was the right stuff by Tom Wolf. This was about the early astronauts. So this was a, a nonfiction book about the, the early astronauts and not the ones that went to the moon, but the ones that, that kind of paved the way for, for everyone going afterward. And, the right stuff, like these guys had to have the right stuff to, to get to that point. They were, they were airline pilots and then they just had to go through all these strenuous, strenuous tests to, uh, to get to, to the point where they would have the right stuff to, to go up into space. 
and uh, just some amazing, amazing stories. The book ends with uh, a just unbelievably crazy story about Chuck Yeager. Um, I can still visualize that in my head and just astounding. I, I, I love Tom Wolf. I've read some of his other books and this one was, was amazing. And to think, I mean, I, I wasn't alive then, but my, my dad was, I bought my, I bought this book for my dad. Just to think that this was a generation ago when this stuff was going on is, is, is really amazing. Um, and if you, if you decide to read this, you may, uh, put a splurge on the money that you saved by not buying Heraclitian fire and s- splurge on the, they have a, a full picture version of the right stuff. Uh, with with you know actual footage of of these guys as they're being written about, so uh, you may consider purchasing that uh, that book. I got that. I, I read the smaller version of the book, but then bought the uh, picture one too to to look through that because I, I just love the book so much. And that one was suggested by Cal Fussman, who who is uh, someone I've I've grown to really enjoy these last few few years as well. Yeah, and and we will be podcasting actually. Uh, on that book here within the next uh, two or three episodes to, uh, to actually get that one out. So uh, if you are interested in hearing more about that, we'll be doing, uh, we'll be, we'll be actually adding that to the podcast uh, uh, before too long. So my number three uh, is Dune. Uh, I, Mm. I really liked Dune. Uh, I know Eric, that was not one of your favorites. (laughs) This is one of the books on which we're most divided. Uh, Frank Herbert's classic here. Uh, recommended by Kelly Starrett. Uh, I, you know, I'm I'm a sucker for uh, space and time travel. I'm a sucker for uh, high fantasy and so on. And so this this kind of hit me in the sweet spot. And and there's all sorts of really interesting sociological uh, aspects to the to the to the uh, narrative that that Herbert puts together, and all sorts of uh, you know, interesting things to kind of get your mind working in all sorts of different ways as you're playing through this uh, this alternate universe, and uh, and and I found it really uh, really stimulating and really enjoying, or really enjoyable, and uh, and and recommend it for anybody who likes that kind of that kind of literature, that kind of genre. Which Eric, you are not one of those people. So, no. uh, you, you didn't love this one, but, uh, but I really did. I enjoyed it a lot and, uh, and, and have this one, uh, very high on my list still. Nice. Nice. My number two is once an Eagle by Anton Meyer suggested by general Stanley McChrystal. And this one was a 1300 plus page epic. It's really of, three books in one, right? I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's three books in one volume. It's, uh, yeah. This, by the way, is my number two as well, just for what it's worth. I have a feeling our top two are the same. Yeah. Uh, so uh, actually a lot of similarities to About Face by Colonel Hackworth, which was was in my top ten but uh, didn't make the top five. But uh, I, I just thought Once an Eagle was was a little better. And Once an Eagle is a novel, but it's uh, it, it covers uh, – Covers a lot of the the recent wars. I mean, World War One, World War Two, and then uh, uh, in a, in a soldier's life through that. So you see, you see the politics of uh, of the army. You see uh, good soldiers, bad soldiers, good leaders, bad leaders. There's just a 
I, I remember in that podcast episode, it, it was like a lot of the lessons that we have learned from books of the books of Titans list were all encapsulated in this one book. And in so narrative it was form. Yeah. It's a brilliant, yeah. brilliant book. Yeah. So yeah, since it was your number two, any, anything else to, to add to that? Well, if you want to laugh and cry and maybe cry a little bit more at different points of a book, that's, uh, that's probably your, your choice. I mean, that's going to get you, uh, that's going to run you through the full gamut of human emotion, uh, and, and get you to do so in ways that, that force you to think about what it is to be a leader, what it is to, you know, to be, to live ethically, uh, what it is to, uh, you know, what, what war actually is all sorts of things. It's a, it's a, it's a tremendous book. And, and that's why it's uh, number two on my list as well. And number one, I have a feeling is the same for both of us. So I'm just going to skip to my number one, which is also, I'm pretty sure your number one. And that is Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Yep. Uh, to me, this is a book that really probably should be assigned reading for every you know high school or college student. I prefer high school or just so that everybody can can do it. But or you know adult reading really. I mean, if not everybody goes to college, uh, and you know a lot of people in high school would not be quite ready for this. Um, but you know if you if if actually I even if you're not ready for this, this is the kind of book that you need to read. Uh, this is a it's a staggering book. Uh, mm. It's uh, one of the more valuable books I've ever read, not just as a part of this project, but uh, it's one that needs to be uh, on the rotation uh, on a regular rotation in terms of reading list uh, for me, uh, probably for quite a long time. I'm, I'm going to revisit this more than once. I've already found myself uh, at different points in conversation or uh, you know, otherwise just going back to the book to uh, reflect on some of the, the real, really important points that, that he has to make. Uh, and, you know, it also has a, a worthwhile, there's some major worthwhile takeaways, not just in terms of thinking about professional life and, you know, what it is to be a leader or anything else, but about the meaning of life and what it is to be uh, a human being and the value of life and all of that, that is just, it's, it's a tremendous book. It's, it's one of the best books I think of the 20th century, certainly one of the best books I've ever read and, and one that I can't uh, recommend highly enough. Yeah. We, we had a few books on the list where it's either about war or it's about this, you know, where they're at, where he's a survivor of, of uh, five concentration camps. And there's, there's a learning and there's a just an intensity to those books that you don't get in other books. I, I mean, it might take somebody a lifetime to gather a few of the lessons that he gathered within a few year time span of seeing the extremes of, of human uh, horrors and human kindness all within the same place. And uh, when, when, when a book is written from that vantage point, it's something to pay attention to. And I, I think that's one thing that made once an Eagle and about face uh, also so very, so very powerful is that they were, they were in that uh, in, in a war zone. And so you're, it's life and death. It's, it's uh, it's important decisions. It's a decisions that affect a lot of lives. And, um, and then just in, in terms of, of one thing I would, I would, and this can maybe kind of lead into our next section of, of key takeaways. But one thing that I, I would, I guess, start to notice in a lot of the books that we read were the counterintuitive things that stuck out. 
And man's search for meaning was just full of those counterintuitive things and even established wisdom of, of where Franco would, would take on, um, uh, who's this, uh, Freud. Freud, he would take yeah. on Freud and, and some of the established wisdom of, of the, of the age and said, actually, when, when man is pressed, that's not what he does. And so just a lot of, uh, other counterintuitive things like, um, the, uh, a lot of times the people that would, would give their last bit of bread were the ones that ended up surviving. And you would think you would want to hoard everything for yourself in, in those situations. But, um, there's something about the human spirit that, uh, that, that keeps you going. if, if you're, you're caring about others, others needs in, in those situations. So let's, uh, let's take it into that next section of some of the key takeaways or, or lessons that, that we saw in, not necessarily just in one book, but, uh, things in themes that we saw throughout a lot of the books. So the the first back and forth on these, the first one that sticks out to me that came up over and over and over again is the value of time. Yep. Is re reassessing the way that you live your life and reorganizing the way that you the way that you do things so that you can place the maximum value on time. You know, only focus on money in as much as money can be exchanged for time. Only focus on any you know anything that you do. You you have to constantly be looking at. Listen, I'm only going to have so many more seconds in my life, so many more minutes, so many more days in my life. Is this what I want to be spending my time on? Is this what I value? Is this the you know the why for which I live? That came up over and over and over again. And by this point, you know it, it's come up in our podcast a lot. But that's that's. It, it just the the better books in particular, they just keep hammering that point away on what really do you value and you'd better put your time there and you'd better guard your time because the thief of time is going to come in and you're going to look at your life and, you know, at, toward the end or if you get that chance and you're going to go, man, I wish I hadn't wasted all all of that time or all those days on X. And, you know, that's that's probably the biggest thing that over and over and over again, I can remember coming up across a wide range of books. Yeah, that was one of the top things I, I noticed. And, and the funny thing about that one was it was in such a variety of books. I mean, I, it, it was in our second book, Old Man in the Sea. So it was in novels. It was in nonfiction. It was in business books. It was in kind of more of the self-help genre. It was it was in all these different kinds of books. And that that same lesson uh, weaved itself through through so many of those. One of the other ones I I remember talking about a lot, and even in our most recent episodes, was taking first things first. If if you take the right things first, if you take the first things first, the the other things will often follow. But if you focus on the second things, if if you focus on the wrong things, the first things are not going to follow. So just the importance of, of focus, I think this goes into a lot of what you were talking about with the, the effective executive uh, prioritization and, and, and focusing on the right things, doing the first things first. And, and you would often allude to the, the C.S. Lewis quote on that. And I, I, we, we had to have talked about that five to 10 different episodes yeah, at it, least it came at, up quite at a, least quite a bit. yeah somewhere somewhere you know eight or more and 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 that's a big theme throughout man's search for meaning as well mm-hmm. uh is is 
and actually in some in some ways he actually puts it even more completely than the Lewis quote that I had previously used as as often and I'm going to I'm going to start using some of the uh, material from Man's Search for Meaning on that uh as often as not so uh so yeah that came up over and over and over again um yeah so uh trying to think of some others that that came up repeatedly um I think another is don't necessarily trust your first uh don't don't trust think about the way to put this don't trust received wisdom of your era try to think through the why that gets beyond the assumptions that everybody around you shares uh, that comes up a lot that you know a lot of times the truth is actually counterintuitive because the the way that things the the, the assumptions of uh, of the time that we live in may be the sorts of things that, you know, a generation from now people will be saying, wow, you know, I can't believe people used to think that, but we often don't consider those things and, uh, and, and wind up, uh, wind up in trouble as a result. So that's another one that, you know, look for the counterintuitive. Uh, and actually, you know, if you think about this in terms of business and other things, uh, it's precisely there in the counterintuitive and specifically the counterintuitive that is super simple and elegant and makes so much sense once you actually think about it where the real value is. Uh, and so that's another thing that came up, I think, repeatedly throughout this is to always have your eye out for where your own assumptions and you know the, the things that you take for granted as a result of just living in the era that you do aren't necessarily right. Mm-hmm. Uh, one one thing I saw come up quite a bit is the the power of daily habits. I think until of uh, last year and then probably the the previous year where I, I started seeing this pop up more and more, I I would my focus was always on goals like uh, I, and I would set them at the beginning of the year like here's what I want to accomplish this year and it was a goal but it was never sometimes I would, I would make it, but there was never really a plan in place, but instead of doing goals, uh, thinking about it in daily habits and changing change, like slight changes in a daily habit if you, can, can make tremendous impacts later in life. Um, so that one was really powerful to me. And, and I've, I've tried to make that change in my life. And instead of thinking over a goal, I want to accomplish, yeah, uh, thinking of that goal, but then, okay, what are the, what are the small things I can do every day? And, you know, not that I'm drastically changing my life here, but what are some, some very small steps I can take on a daily basis that will, will put me on that path? Yeah. And that, again, that there, there have been some, some similar things for me that I think maybe the biggest thing is that, you know, I'm, I'm at kind of a trans transition point and inflection point. Uh, having finished my PhD just before we started this project, uh, and being in a position where you know we we uh, just having moved and some other things in terms of of my life, uh, you know, supporting my wife as she's in med school, a lot of different things where you know I'm I'm having to assess exactly how I want to arrange things so that the most valuable stuff is is up front moving forward. And, uh, and, and I keep, there are a number of these books that, you know, as I reflect on them, it's like, okay, I need to, I need to make sure that that habit is 
something that I'm going to reinforce. I, you know, maybe I need to cut this uh, side gig that I've been doing for a while in order to, you know, focus better on some of these things that I think have more long-term potential or that I value more, et cetera. Uh, you know, maybe in terms of, in terms of, uh, you know, overall career, career path, you know, maybe this is something closer to what I actually want than this. So it's, it's not been as much in terms of individual specific things, but there's been a lot of reflection on, you know, what, what are my essentials? What, uh, what are the thing, what are the practices that I need to, that I need to put in place in order to, uh, in order to accomplish those uh, essentials. And then, you know, in terms of some of the fictional stuff uh, that we read, thinking through those situations and, and you know, the decisions that those characters or, or, or narrative situations were uh, involved in saying, you know, how, how, how are my situations analogous uh, to that? And how, how can I learn from some of the things that those characters did or didn't do and what, what I agree with or disagree with? I think that's another, you know, that's, that's along the same, the same line. Mm-hmm. I have one, one other one that I saw pop up, uh, recall popping up quite a bit, and that was the humor, the importance of humor, especially in survival situations. So we saw this in Man's Search for Meaning. We saw it in um, uh, the, the Deep Survival book. Um, and then in, in, in other places as well, just the in some of the war, the war books, whether they were fiction or nonfiction, the importance of humor in those situations to get you through. Uh, and then, of course, we had the, the Steve Martin book, uh, stand-up comedy, and just something that, that kept coming up. And, and I guess just the idea of, of not taking things too seriously, no, no matter how grave they are, uh, and, and always keeping that, that sense of humor going and, and that being a really important piece of, of helping you keep, keep moving forward. Yeah, no doubt. So uh, now for this last uh, part of the show, um, we do want to talk a little bit about uh, some future podcast plans, how, uh, you know, how we're going to proceed with the podcast from here uh, and, and, you know, lead into some of that. So uh, uh, let's go ahead and, and go to that, Eric. I think you have the first, first few thoughts there. Yeah. So the, the, the origin of the project was me reading Tools of Titans by Tim Ferriss late 2016 and just seeing all the suggested books and that uh, wanting to read through those. And, and this idea of um, a, a quote that Kevin Kelly has that life is short and there are too many books to read. Someone or something has to choose or whisper in our ear to help us decide. That was my favorite part of, of Tools of Titans were those book suggestions. So Tim Ferriss, uh, for every person he had on his podcast, would ask, what's your favorite book and what is your most gifted book? And then he would compile that list. So as I was reading that book, I, I just uh, put put a spreadsheet together and the final list was over 150 books that were suggested or, or most give, gifted by these, these top performers and influencers. And so of that list, I said, I'm going to do a challenge here and try to read one a week and I'm going to choose 52 of these. And so the 2017 list was 52 books that were suggested by people in Tools of Titans. Uh, we covered a third of the total books. So in 2018, we opened that list up to any book that was ever suggested on by guests on the Tim Ferriss Show podcast. So that opened it up to uh, probably 1,500 total books. Uh, 
And so this year, half of half of my books were one suggested on Ferris's podcast, and same for Jason. And then the other half were were books that I just wanted to read, and and likewise, same for Jason. So as we move forward, uh, I'm I'm getting more into following uh, things I'm really interested in kind of continuing on with books that are suggested by people, but, but not necessarily on the Tim Ferriss show podcast. And so as I look for my uh, potential list going into 2019, there's only five or so books that are actually suggested on the, the Ferris podcast. And so I, we're moving away from that in, in the sense of everything having to be suggested by uh by a guest on the Tim Ferriss show podcast which we always i mean to some degree we were we were always planning on doing because we knew that that was that that following that particular uh list was was not going to work long term but it was a good starting point yeah and so going forward uh, our 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 list will be taken more from a, a variety of places instead of just one one source and i, I i'm going to continue sharing how I found out about the book, uh, if it was suggested by somebody, uh, because a lot of the times they are, I have kind of a weird thing. I mean, I, I take the whole year to, to think through what I want to read the, the next year. And I put a lot of stock into if I, if I see a book in a lot of places, or I, I see it suggested by a variety of people. So I really think through that list a, a lot. And so in terms of the reading list, it's, it's going to evolve a little bit. And for the podcast, we are, are going to look to shorten the episodes. That's the, the main uh, critique that we've gotten for, for the, the podcast. And so we're look, what we're looking at doing is keeping it more in the 30 to 45 minute range going forward and focusing on a few things. So starting the episode with a brief, brief overview of the book and then covering the one thing that stuck out to us. And so sometimes both Jason and I will have read the same book, so we'll we'll both share those things. And then uh, uh, other times it'll take an interview format where I'll interview Jason on a book that he's read, so he'll cover the overview of the book and then go into the the one thing that uh, that really stuck out to him. And the reason for the one thing is I think that helps us remember the book, remember the the main lesson, and then it, it helps you as the listener to to have one key takeaway from the book. But um, and not every episode will, be, will necessarily, yeah. you know, narrow it to one thing because some books, you know, won't won't be amenable to that. But you know, we're going to basically uh, reformat the episodes a bit in terms of how we're uh, we are uh, approaching it in order to make sure that we don't go as quite as long as we'd like. I mean, I think our target zone, uh, just thinking about this from our own listening habits and all of that, would would probably be best in the thirty to forty five minute range. Uh, rather than going quite as long as we have on some of these, so we'll 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 try to hit that. And some books will be will warrant a longer treatment, but for the most part, uh, we're going to try to hit a little bit shorter shorter zone. Yeah, and, and if you've made it this far, uh, as we release this episode, I'm also going to release a survey, and so that'll be in the show notes. I'll, I'll I'll have that on our Twitter and Instagram feeds. Love love for you to to take the survey, uh, and and give us your thoughts on, on the podcast. And, and, uh, so yeah, there'll be some questions in there and some opportunities for you to share, share some of your thoughts. We'd, we'd, uh, we'd really appreciate if yeah. you, yeah. if you take the time to do that. 
Anything, so. anything that, you know, you really want to keep in terms of, you know, what you've found most valuable about the episodes. Uh, and also, you know, any formatting suggestions or things that you think would help shorten, but, but, uh, but basically uh, make the episodes more useful. Uh, we're open to lots of suggestions there. Uh, we want this to be uh, a useful evergreen podcast for those who listen afterward or who can listen for you know for years to come so uh we're hoping to uh to be able to to get that done and um work from there so uh yeah i think that we can i think that basically wraps it yeah yeah all right let's wrap Um, let's go ahead and wrap it so uh as always if you uh have been enjoying this podcast Please subscribe on uh, via Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or wherever you you get your podcasts. Uh, we're available just about anywhere, uh, and also rate and, and review us. Uh, the, you know, five star uh, rating and reviewing uh, helps us get exposed to uh, more people and uh, brings in a wider audience, which uh, encourages us to continue the project and also uh, brings other benefits as well. So uh, we really appreciate that for those of you who've done it. And uh, then, Eric, you also have some stuff to say about the Patreon uh, thingy that we've set up. Yeah, we have a Patreon page. We uh, have decided not to advertise in the traditional sense. We may advertise some of our own products going forward or services or books. But um, but we don't want to inundate you with ads that you hear on every other podcast. So we're on the value for value model. If you get value out of this podcast, we'd love for you to return the favor, uh, return the value that you're getting in in through our patreon page so uh it's linked from our website uh we we have it in all the show notes and we'd love for you to to be a part of that so that'll close us out for today we'll be back next week with with a new book uh book 50 53 and we we look forward to uh to covering that one we have some some really good ones coming up uh ones that each where uh, one of us has read it and then also a few where, where we both read read the books. So looking forward to that. Thanks for listening. Jason, you got your uh, <laughs> your traditional closeout. Yep. Keep reading, keep listening, and keep improving. Keep it real. You know, we should have done our least favorites too. It's, uh, I definitely have some I really didn't like. <laughs> yeah, I can I can easily pull those up. Um, I, I know. I you know, one thing that surprised me is that I expected you to have, uh, let's see, vagabonding in your top five, and definitely Blood Meridian. I knew that. I, I figured that one would be in your top ten at least. But well, I I ended up making it through fifty one books last year in two thousand seventeen. And if I look at my list, I, I ranked them number 51, which means the one I despised the most was Blood Meridian. <laughs> number 50 is, is Vagabonding. Yep. So you, you, you nailed those. Yeah, I figured those would be right at the top of the list there. But, you know, I guess you didn't like them as much. Yeah. Anyhow. Any any that stick out to you? Oh, I, I detested Blood Meridian. I, I thought it was I, I did not think it was uh, all that good. Um <laughs> let's see um wasn't a fan of blood meridian uh 
I didn't get anything out of Stone Soup, although, you know, obviously it's short and it's a picture book for kids and kids tend to like it. I just don't, didn't really, as we talked about, we didn't really get a whole lot out of that. Yeah. Um, that was one of my top five least favorite. Yeah. You know, although my daughter's been reading it in my office the last few mornings. <laughs> well, there you go. You know, hopefully she's getting more out of it than, than we did. Um, and, you know, I, I, I found certain things in vagabonding helpful, but my thought was if you're gonna want, if you're gonna read vagabonding, you're better off just reading Walden. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. There, there's there's a few that weren't weren't super great, but uh, I had buck up, suck up. Oh yeah, that would, that, would, that would probably be my third least favorite. And then uh, born standing up, and and what's funny is I I enjoyed born standing up, but the the books were so good overall that that ended up being the fifth uh, least liked book of yeah. mine. See, that's the thing is it's it, like once I get past Stone Soup, you know, I, I really don't have a whole lot that we've reviewed that I didn't like or at least didn't find something of value on. I mean, I had issues with Genghis Khan and the making of the modern world in terms of the history quality, but, you know, there, that's another another thing, you know, again, mm-hmm has to do with you know as we talked about in the episode all sorts of stuff but it's still a worthwhile book in lots of respects so so yeah i i just say uh i disliked blood meridian wasn't a big fan of stone soup and you know uh buck up suck up foul up was those are those are, i'd say uh blood meridian buck up suck up foul up those are my two least favorite and then i didn't get anything out of stone soup so other than that i thought it was a pretty good pretty good year yeah right. yep well, we should have put that in. I made this. <laughs>